They're not going to like this. You know what's going to happen, don't you? They're going to walk naked. Yeah, they've got a guy. With medals on deck, left-handed. Yeah. Left-handed hitter. Sure. Well, we could see... Uh, As if the Yankees already weren't the evil umpire. <laughs> there you go. That is the booze that were raining down in Detroit as Miggy Cabrera slated the bat in the eighth inning, two outs, but the Yankees uh, manager Aaron Boone opted to intentionally walk him, loading the bases, setting up a lefty-lefty matchup of Detroit's Austin Meadows against the uh, New York Southpaw, Lucas, uh, what is it, Lute, Lutke? I can't pronounce his name. Anyway, uh, Boone defended his decision as a baseball call for me, but acknowledged it was a little more gut-wrenching than usual, obviously. Cabrera, however, said he was not upset, said it's baseball. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. He had three opportunities prior to that of which two of which he struck out swinging. Took a couple of fastballs right down Broadway. He had three other opportunities in that game to get a base knock and didn't. Now he's, he's um, needing only one hit to become the 33rd player in Major League Baseball history with 3,000 hits, and he was intentionally walked in that eighth inning. Tigers people are pissed. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. First of all, you know he's going to get it this year, okay? So let's be honest there. He's going to get it. But secondly, how can you be mad? How can you be mad? You got the Colorado Rockies coming into town for a weekend series. You're going to have huge numbers and a huge gate because did you want him to get it against the Yankees? Is that what everybody was bent out of shape about? But I, I, I say no, no. No, no. You can't get mad. He struck out twice prior to that. It wasn't like they walked him every time he came to the plate. What fans there were, they were mad. They didn't get to see hit 3,000. That's what they were mad about. They're mad they didn't get to see it. That's, that's the only reason they're mad. Other than that, I have no problem with this. If I'm a pay, if I'm a, if I'm paying as a fan for Cabrera, Miguel Cabrera to get one hit in, in an appearance that I'm paying to see, to get him to 3,000, I'm disappointed. I'm booing because I'm like, ah, boo, you know, I want to see him get a hit. But I'm not booing the decision. It's a baseball decision. You're right. You're fighting for, for wins in games at this point. You're going to load it up. You're going to go lefty-lefty, statistically better, get out of the inning and move on. Now, the Yankees ended up winning the game 3 to nothing. It wasn't like they were blowing them out. Had they been blowing them out like 7 or 8 or 9 to nothing, Chances are they pitched to Miguel Cabrera. They pitched to him. Why not? But no. There's people just ripping the Yankees today, locally, nationally, whatever. No, 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 no. That's a, I, I do the same thing. I, I, as a manager, I'm sure Aaron Boone's sitting there going, man, I'd like to see this. On the other hand, you don't want your guy to be the guy in the record books as the guy that gave up hit 3,000 to Miguel Cabrera, Right? That that's that's going to be your notoriety, but no, I I I would love to see it as a manager, but I'm not going to cost myself a game because of it. People were just upset, mad, new. 
No, I side with, I, and I don't side with Aaron Boone often, but I side with Aaron Boone on this one. You're winning a game. You're not there to worry about Miguel Cabrera and a 3,000 hit. Move on. If this was the last game of the season, uh, I get it a little bit. If you've got the division wrapped up, you know your place in the playoffs or not in the playoffs, all that, okay. Last game of the season, you may want to see this because you don't want McGre- if, if McGre- uh, if Miguel Cabrera is thinking about retiring at the end of the year with 3,000-plus hits. Uh, maybe you throw the ball. Otherwise, I'm not throwing it. No. Not happening. Not happening at all. I side with the Yankees, which I don't do very often. But I side with the Yankees. On the other hand, the Yankees trying to keep that letter sealed and uh, taking it to the court system, and the court system saying basically unseal the letter. That's the letter in regards to uh, to uh, uh, stealing signs and signals regarding pitches. That's a whole different genre. I, I'm all in favor. Open a letter. Let's see what's in it. As long as it, it, let's see what's in it in relation to sign stealing. Anything else we don't care about. Okay. I don't care if there's personal stuff in there. I don't care if there's stuff related to sign stealing and illegality within the outside of the rule book of baseball. Then I want to know about it. Otherwise I don't care. I don't care if it's your food order or you're sending, you know, crotch shots to your buddy. It doesn't matter to me. I just want to know if you're stealing signs. Am I, am, are you, we on the same page here, Ben? Yeah, oh, I'm with you. And the baseball god struck down, and Austin Meadows had a two-run double. But I'm I'm with you completely. Cabrera had three <laughs> chances during the game to get the yeah. hit. Boone still it's a three nothing or no? It might have, it was a one nothing game at that point. Actually, right, right. He's managed yes. to trying to win the game. If they get out there, they have a chance to go win. So I, I'm I'm with Boone there. No problem, no problem there. But today, people are crucifying the Yankees, and I think part in part because they're the Yankees. People love to hate the Yankees. So I get it. I, I, cause at first when I saw that, I'm like, oh, come on. You know, I was the same way. But then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I get it. Cause if I'm the Yankees, I'm going to win the game. I'm not, I don't give two dams about Miguel Cabrera getting his 3000th hit that cost me a game. And I end up losing the division or losing a shot in the playoffs by a game. I'd, I'd, I'd kick myself. So no, 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 no. That's why. I go back every year. Uh, Tim Allen, who I used to work with, Tim and I used to have this uh, discussion all the time, and we couldn't get people on the same page. It's, you know, this whole thing about you lose a close game or you lose a tough game early on in the season, and you're like, ah, it's a, it's a marathon. You know, it's just one game. Well, if you end up getting knocked out of the postseason by just one game, it's an important game. you got to value the games in April and May as much as you value the games in August and September, sometimes even more so. Because you can lose a division in April and May. You can't win it, but you can lose it. But you can solidify a good lead and put pressure on other teams to sprint to catch you if you get off to a fast start or if you get a decent lead early on in April and May. So you value those games even more so, I think, sometimes than what you're doing down the stretch. But this game, yeah, you value that game. If you're the Yankees, absolutely value the game. Don't give it away just because you're trying to see if a guy can get to hit 3,000. No, not doing that. Only 33 players in the history of the game. He's trying to become one of 33. I also saw he will become the only player ever to have 3,000 hits, 500 homers, and a triple crown. Wow. 
That is uh, stamping your pass. The minute he gets that hit, he will stamp his pass to Cooperstown. Right? Oh, I mean, the, he's, the minute he gets the hit, he's already there. It's crazy. He kind of got lost in the shuffle of Albert Pujols, who was another mm-hmm. generational great. Um, right. And then Mike Trout comes after, and he never got to. All right, I think he did play in one World Series, maybe, but he never won one. So he he, right. he was kind of in Pujols' shadow a bit. But yeah, I mean, he's he's ridiculous. Yep, unbelievably solid, no doubt. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. There you go. I agree. Whole hand down, downright. Yep. I agree. I agree with the Yankees. Sorry. Um, uh, Jeffrey says, uh, all I wanted to do was yesterday was sit back, relax and watch Cabrera get that hit. The Yankees robbed me of that. Wait a minute. Don't you think Cabrera robbed you of that? He had a chance. He had more than a few swing and misses yesterday because they pitched him so well early on. You're mad? No. Come on, man. Come on. Be better than that. Be better than that. I will say one thing. Yes. I would have loved it to be in the old days where you had to throw four balls. Because intentional walks now, and while I understand the rule, a little bit anticlimactic. I need yeah. to hear those boos throughout the entire at-bat where they have to throw four pitches right. 10 feet outside. That's my only problem with it. Yeah. <sighs> yep. Uh, Cassidy says, uh, if Mike Tyson was at the plate, would he have stormed the mound and punched the pitcher in the face? <laughs> Cassidy, what kind of question is that? Um, if the, it, well, if the pitcher beamed him, maybe otherwise Mike is just flailing. She also says that ice T said it best. Mike Tyson punched somebody who was effing with him. The problem nowadays is MFers think they won't get punched in the face. Uh, there, there's truism to that. Everybody's litig- litigation happy. Everybody runs to the police. The old day, you could throw down in a bar, you get a little bit of a busted up nose, black eye, whatever, and you went home and you woke up the next day and you went back to the bar. Now, you're in jail, there's litigation, you're you're losing your house, your car, your job. You can't just throw down like you used to. <laughs> you just you can't. Those days are gone. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but I, when I say old, you, I, I think I've been in three fights total, my, like my two or three my whole life. So it's not like it's, it's, it's a big brawling society from years gone by. At least that's from my end. Now, I, I, I know people that seem to uh, attract fights wherever it is they would go. Every I had some buddy of mine, uh, the muscle heads, as I called them. I, I hung out with them. They were always, you know, they were the guys that would go to the gym and, you know, be be slapping each other. Hey, bro, what do you think, bro? Hey, bro, you know, that kind of guy. And uh, they, you know, bounced at bars. But every time they'd walk into a bar, you know, 
They'd be standing in a corner, loud, you know, look at me, wearing the gold chains, you know, the shirt's real tight around the chest, and all standing there. I'd hang out with them. They're all fun guys. But it was always one or two guys that would mess with them, and then and then it's a it's just a brawl. You know, then you're you're looking to see who, just, just to cover your own rear end because it always turned into a brawl. I don't know why, but it did. So I didn't get into it. I'd walk off to the side. Unless things got really bad, I'm like, yeah, you guys got this. Talk to you later. I was that guy. I'm a lover, not a hater. Um, Ben, you ever you ever been in fights? Physical? No. Yes. To be completely okay. honest, I'm not a not okay. a fighter. I was a kid, um, probably in fourth or fifth grade, and a kid I think that was like in eighth grade punched me in the face once and just stunned me. I was like, oh my god, you know. I didn't know what to do, so I went home. And then there was one time uh, I was I was so I've been in in in, in three. One time I was uh, I was DJing at a nightclub, and I don't know what happened. Still to this day, it's kind of a blur. But a guy came up and just got in my face all of a sudden and started swinging on me, and I hit him once, and out the door he went, and he ended up taking us and the bar and everything to court, and we were cleared of everything because there was video of it. Uh, thank God. And then another time I got I was bouncing at a bar and the night before I had thrown this guy out and I didn't do it nasty or anything. I just threw him out. It was time to go. He was really hammered and they asked me to remove him and I did. And he came back with friends the next night. They warned him and I ended up going to the bathroom. Uh, I took a break and I went to the bathroom. Somebody turned the lights out and him and his buddies beat the hell out of me. And so those were the only three fights I've ever really oh, been in. Oh man. It's yeah. Like a- it's a dark story. Yeah, they beat the hell out of me. I, I mean, I put it this way. I fended myself off enough to where it took a long enough time for them to really kind of get to me that by then somebody walked in, turned the lights on, and found out what was going on, and then they scattered. Because had it lasted much longer, I don't know what would happen to me. But they, they, I give them credit. They beat the hell out of me. But it was three of them. So, you know. Yeah, well, I didn't know what it, they were. They were pretty big guys too, pretty big dudes, but they beat the hell out of me. Beat the hell out of me in a bathroom. I just, I just covered up enough to where they weren't breaking my nose, they weren't breaking my ribs because they got me on the floor and I was like on my side, and they were just kicking the hell out of me. As long as they didn't kick me in the back and like puncture a kidney or a lung or something, I was okay. So they just wailed on me, kicked me for a while, and then the lights came on, and then they got out of there. So that was it. You just said, you just said, I give them credit. Like you're talking about a basketball team bouncing back in game two to get a win. You know, I give them credit. They got they they took their shot. They got me down. It is what it is. But I didn't run around looking to sue people. I came walking out of the bathroom. I was blood. My lip was bloody. It was split open. Um, I you know had a black eye. My cheek was all busted up. But it was basically because as they went to run, the guy stepped on my head and pushed my head into the floor. And so I got up and I looked for him. You know, and I just I went home. I went home. The one thing that I realized was if something like if you're a big dude and it takes numerous guys to get you down and you do, um, girls think you're pretty cool. (laughs) Oh, boy. So there you go. I'm not saying go out and get your ass beat this weekend, but, you know, there was some there was some sympathetic. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That was it. You moved on. You didn't come back with a gun. You didn't. You didn't shoot to join up. You didn't start suing people. You know. You didn't do that. 
I, I we're waiting for the litigation to begin from this guy that's got numerous, you know, uh, a long criminal history on Mike Tyson. Uh, for this guy that's got this long criminal history, for the guy that Tyson hit, we're waiting for him to file suit. Well, that's because Tyson's and, Mike Tyson, and he thinks he can get money out of him. Right. That's what that. Yeah. If this was just some guy along the way, he probably wouldn't pick on him. He probably wouldn't have went after him. But he figures Tyson's not going to do anything because if he does, I'm going to get paid. And and sure enough, he'll he'll file suit. After all, his name is Melvin. And I'm probably demeaning everybody named Melvin that's out there. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Got a lot to get to. Still left to go in the program. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends at Stenny's. Second to National Walkers Point. Great sports bar. Downtown Milwaukee. Shuttles to all the games. Stop in. Tell them we said hi. More of the Bill Michael Show is next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show doing off thing on this rainy friday trying to bring a little sunshine into your life as the uh, the rain continues to fall depending on where you're at uh don't forget about our friends speaking of sunshine go see sunshine out there at the social house h-a-u-s social house uh on lisbon road in menominee falls and they have opened the new addition uh the new patio is being finalized the new parking lot will be finished and uh, all should be well with the social house. We got to do a new video out there too. Got to do a new video because because uh, that place looks different. And they're getting ready to finish the exterior here shortly as well. So uh, the the kitchen is open. It's bigger, serves more, more different uh, different uh, you know styles of food. The cheese curd burger is what they're known for. Oh my god, <laughs> their Bloody Marys are pretty good too. But the cheese curd burger is fantastic. But on Sunday morning. Go out there, order a Bloody Mary. A little something to eat. Free pancakes after that. Oh, you're speaking to me. Free pancakes. There you go. Check out the social house. Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls, right there near Brookfield. Social, H-A-U-S, the social house pub online. Um, God, we got a lot of different just stuff today. Just a lot of different stuff today. Uh, this one's from our buddy... Um, no, that's not from him, is it? Uh, here's Steve. This is from Steve. He said, uh, hey, unit, happy Friday. Just FYI, I'm getting another carryout from Albanese's tonight. Excellent. Excellent fish fry. I love the breading. As far as the Bucks game tonight, I don't think it's a must win. But if they lose, that makes Sunday's game in Chicago a must win. If they can win tonight, that really ramps up the pressure on Chicago for the remainder of the series. I am hopeful that Drew, Brooke, and Bobby step up, not only for the offensive sake, but the defensive end as well. Wesley Matthews plays a key in this. They also need control to control the glass at both ends and reduce the turnovers. Uh, hopefully the crew can keep it rolling. I'm hoping that Freddie Peralta uh, has a good outing. Could they get two out of three in Philly? Of course. Lastly, the R-Lads guide de- de- uh, was delivered today. I know, right? That's like Christmas in April. Uh, when the R-Lads guide shows up, gives you all the statistics and analytics. Yeah, time to have an evening of studying as I watch both the Bucks and the Brewers, my buddies and I, 
been getting together for the draft for almost 30 years. Uh, and uh, you bet dollars on it, eat uh, and partake in uh, some adult beverages. Now our sons and son-in-laws are now a part of the huge hee-haw gang, as he puts it. It's a competition, and the winner gets the traveling trophy photo attached. Uh, FYI, the trophy is made out of a stainless steel. There you go. Ooh, nice. Nice. Uh, a little bit of the uh, look of the Lombardi trophy, and uh, I like it. I like the look of that thing. There you have it. Uh, 877-867-1670 says, have a great summer tomorrow. <laughs> it's kind of feels like that in the state of Wisconsin, doesn't it? Hey, by the way, summer comes tomorrow. Get it. Get out there and enjoy summer tomorrow. And then after that, we're, we're on our own. I <laughs> uh, like it. Um, go back to what was stated earlier regarding the Bucks coming up tonight. Bucks tonight, look at it this way. Yes, I want to see Bobby Portis play and play well, come back from that injury and the bloodied face. Yes, you want to see Grayson Allen. Yes, you want to see, I mean, you can go through that whole list, okay? I don't think, you know, you're going to go wrong. But the big thing, and this goes back to, I, I can't remember who said it earlier over on the Bud Light live stream. The big thing for this today and tonight is you really have kind of been your own worst enemy. In, in all honesty, right? The Bucks have been their own worst enemy. Turning the ball over not getting key bounds. Uh, although I will say this, when the uh, the Bulls don't shoot well from the outside, it's long rebounds, man, long rebounds. But the Bucks, they can they, they hold them to kind of one shot. It's just that down the stretch, they weren't getting a hand in anybody's face. They didn't do it. They didn't play defense as well. And that defense has been problematic all season long. So uh, they didn't do it as well. So I'm 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 with you. A lot of the stuff that the Bucks do is somewhat self-inflicted. That's why, if you look at it in this way, if tonight they you know quote ratchet it up, then uh, then yeah, they they should be able to get the win. Going to Albanese's though, not a bad way to go. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Um. Adam McAlvey, by the way, good article, talking about Josh Hader, became the third closer in Brewers history to reach 100 saves. You know the council had considered it for a good long while. Uh, a couple of the others who uh, cover the Brewers dove into that question earlier this week, uh, notably Will Salmon of The Athletic and uh, young Kurt Hogg of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Um, council said no career, no reliever has had a better start to his career than Josh Hader in the history of the game. He said, I'm not exaggerating. That's a fact. Through that outing on Easter Sunday, Hader had struck out 44.4% of the batters that he had faced in his career, the highest rate in baseball history for any pitcher who's faced at least 20 batters. Hader's .85 whip was the best in baseball history for any pitcher who's faced at least 30 batters. Those are flat-out remarkable measures of dominance and almost unprecedented and underappreciated. I would argue because the Brewers fans have been watching it up front for their eyes only for the most part. Uh, maybe the day, maybe they remember Juan Soto, uh, the base hit that took uh, a left turn in 2019, the NL wildcard game, or the Freddie Freeman homer that ended the Brewers season in last year's NL division series more than they remember Hater's consistent mastery in the regular season. He's off to the best start to a career ever for a reliever. Dan Quisenberry, remember that name, matched haters three relievers of the year. 
backwards in his first five seasons. And Craig Kimball has a very strong case with a similar whip of .90 to Hayter's .85 and more saves, 143 to 100, through this uh, same number of career games. But that's unfairly penalizing Hayter for a multi-inning way in which the Brewers have used him early on in his career. And Hayter gains more and more confidence with that changeup. He gets better and better and better. It goes on from there. But when you look at the way Hayter has gotten the start to his career, as opposed to some of the other greats, now you hope that he doesn't follow the same page as Kimbrell, that once he gets to a certain level, he starts to taper off, because Kimbrell certainly has, while Hayter has remained strong. But when you look at it, Hayter has had a better start to his career than many. I asked this the other day. Will Hayter be considered the modern-day version of guy, a guy like Trevor Hoffman or even Mariano Rivera? Go in that direction. A, a guy like Dennis Eckersley, who was so dominant at the end of his career still. But even a guy like Mariano Rivera, playing for the Yankees, being their closer, that constant for so many years, now that uh, relievers like that are being paid more, obviously, we don't know what the Brewers are going to be able to afford. But think about it. Do you give away, because you can no longer afford to pay him, do you trade away the modern-day version of Mariano Rivera or the saves leader in Trevor Hoffman? Think about that. That's the kind of level that Josh Hader is at right now. That's where he's at in his career. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. 877-867-1670. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Show, we uh, continue on. Good day today. Good stuff. Um, so the odds, um, for from betonline.ag before the playoffs began, Phoenix and Milwaukee were favored to meet in the NBA finals again, while the Suns were the overall favorite to win the NBA championship. Less a week into the playoffs, the Suns without Devin Booker for two to three weeks and the Bucks without Chris Middleton for at least a remainder of the Bulls series due to the MCL sprain. Not surprisingly, the Suns and the Bucks have seen their odds take a dip. Milwaukee is the, the uh, one, one in 10 favorite Phoenix, the one in 25 favorite to advance negative uh, 2,500 uh, to negative thousand uh, for the, uh, to each in the second round. Um, Chicago against Milwaukee. The Bulls are uh, are inching up. Uh, uh, odds imply a seventy three percent probability that the Bucks advance, which is down from the eighty nine percent. And the odds imply that seventy five point nine percent the prob- probability of the Suns advancing over the Pelicans, but that's down from ninety two percent. 
And the odds now to win the NBA championship, it's now Golden State, then Boston, followed by Phoenix, then Miami, then Milwaukee. That's how much of an impact Chris Middleton has had on the betting odds. The, the, it was it used to be Phoenix, Golden State, then the Bucks, And you could pretty much throw into a hat, depending on the day, what those odds were between those top three teams. Now Golden State back and healthy, Steph Curry back, they're the favorite to win it all, followed by Boston, then Phoenix, because they believe Devin Booker is going to be back sooner rather than later as opposed to Chris Middleton. Then the Heat, then the Bucks. After that, it's the Grizzlies, the 76ers, the Brooklyn Nets, Mavericks, Jazz, Pelicans, and on down from there. The, the Bulls are still 101 odds uh, of them winning the, te- winning the championship. But there you go. The Celtics are nine to five to win the conference, followed by the Heat at five to two, the Bucks four to one. And then it goes on from there. Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Chicago. Chicago's fifty to one. Atlanta two fifty to one. And Toronto four hundred to one. But think just just those two injuries. And Chris Middleton significantly affects more the Bucks than Devin Booker does the Suns. How is that possible? The Suns are good, don't get me wrong, but Devin Booker is a huge cog. Devin Booker, I would almost venture to say, is a bigger cog than Chris Paul. He is the superstar of that team. He would be That would be the equivalent of Giannis going down. I think Giannis impacts his team more than Devin Booker does. I understand that. But, but man, that's, that's a drop-off right there. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Um, Gary says, doesn't mean much to me, honestly. I I understand that. I understand that. He said it just means that a bunch of bets came in against the, the Bucks and the Suns after the injuries. That's true. But you also adjust the odds when you lose a particular portion and or percentage of your output both offensively and defensively. And those are all analytics that, you know, that we keep, Vegas keeps, when you lose guys like that. But that's what the impact believed. And let's be honest, okay, let, let's let's think about this for a second. Usually Vegas is pretty right. It's very rarely that Vegas takes a bath, right? They're usually right on the money or close to it, pardon the pun. So you can poo-poo it all you want and say, well, a lot of people are betting against them and this and that. That's fine. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But usually that's that's pretty correct. Very rarely do you have ever read a big story about Vegas taking a bath on the outcome of a game because they were so dramatically wrong. Right? Uh, Matt says, I think Mark Atanasio needs to open up the checkbook. I give him credit that he's done way more spending than the Celix ever did, but the guy has blamed COVID the last few years for a lack of big splurges in free agency. But at the same time, he'll make national news by spending $500,000 on a baseball card. Use that money to lock up Josh Hader. Um, f- well, first of all, Josh Hader is going to be millions, not 500000 but millions. Um, I give him credit because they spent money when COVID hit, as opposed to when 
things were good. They, I really thought that, and I've said this before, I'll say it again. I thought last year they would not have spent money. And they now, granted, Jackie Bradley Jr. was was bad, but they spent money. Colton Wong, they spent money. Urias, they spent money. They, I never expected them to go after these guys, and and also up some contracts and save some guys. In after a year in which they didn't have any fans, they had a sixty game season, didn't make any money, and they're the smallest media market in all of baseball. I, I just never expected them to spend money. I, that's why I gave them credit. I thought for sure if there's an opportunity to come to the public and with David Stearns alongside and say, look, we're, we're going to, we're going to curtail the spending this year. We're a small market team. We need to kind of, you know, put some funds in storage and uh, get ready to really make a run the year following or the year after that. I would have said, I understand as a fan, I would have understood it. I would have said, okay, we got your back, but they spent money. So I give them credit. Now, have they gone out and purchased Freddie Freeman? No, I get that. But they're a pretty strong team. I, I I like what they've done. I think what we're waiting for is, you know, Colton Wong and Willie Adamas and Christian Yelich, you know, Lorenzo Cain. We're waiting for the guys that are receiving a lot of playing time. We're waiting for them to bat the back of their baseball card. If they do, this team's not, not only just fine, this team's going to win a lot of games. But I give them credit. Do they need to get one? And, and I go back to saying it, Matt, they, they did have one big piece. They paid Christian Yelich. When Christian Yelich was coming off of two back-to-back huge seasons, they paid the man. That's, that's, your, that's your big free agent signing. Now, do they need another one? Of course they do. How much? Eh, we'll wait and see because you know you're going to have to pay guys like Hayter. You're going to have to eventually have to pay Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta and all these guys. You're going to have to pay them goes back to do you get another bat or do you pay the guys that are in your own stable? You know? But I, I give them credit. They spent money when they didn't have to. And now we're just waiting for the guys that they did they did pay to pay off. Sometimes you can spend a bunch of money and it can look really, really good on paper. And if the player doesn't provide that level of play, then you're you're as a fan you're like ah come on spend the money go out and f- solidify get another stick get this or get that, and when in reality we should be screaming at the player going hey you just got paid all this money where's the product where's the productivity. I've always said money doesn't necessarily equal productivity, but to have a year and a half two years worth of crash come on man come on, I, I get on the player more than I do the owner. At that point, that's like when people used to get on Herb Cole. He doesn't want to win. There were some years that he spent. He came to George Carl and said, whatever you want, go get it. And he did. The problem was the moves were bad. Didn't mean he didn't want to win. Doesn't mean he didn't want to, you know, spend money. He did. Senator poured his heart into it. And then after he got burned three or four times, he kind of went, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. We're throwing bad money down a hole after bad money. We got We got to curtail this. That I understand, too. I look at it as a reality. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, do it. 877-867-1670. Oh, by the way, it was a, a ticket stub from Jackie Robinson's Major League debut. Not a baseball card, but a ticket stub. Just an FYI. Oh, actually, you have that. You sent that. 
There you go. Uh, let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll send you off for the weekend. Send you off with Brewers baseball. Send you off with Bucks basketball. Hopefully a win tonight. Hopefully with good sunshiny thoughts is maybe, just maybe, we're going to see that giant orange orb in the sky again before the weekend runs out because it's supposed to get warmer. And I'm just looking at the radar, and it's it's all the way back into Cedar Rapids, Iowa. The rain is. And the upper portion of the state starting to at least subside as far as the rain, but we got a lot of rain still coming. So get ready to build the ark, and then after today, things should begin to dry out, and we should start to see sunshiny skies. And I can't wait. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. Final segment coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. First of all, uh, I know people are freaking out. Pro Football Focus says who's going to win the Debo Samuel sweepstakes. The Packers, Jets, and Lions have all shown interest in trading for Debo Samuel, per Ian Rappaport. Uh, The Packers could afford him in year one. They would have to then sign a contract extension. And I said this before. Let me explain it real quick because I, I know there's a lot of people that are thinking this. First of all, Last year, the question about will Aaron Rodgers come to San Francisco, would you be interested in trading him, set off the whole offseason of turmoil for the Packers. Remember, it was a little bit of an area of discontent between Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan, right? I don't know if the 49ers would be as willing to deal with the Packers after that. Secondly, that means you're dealing them in conference. Not only do you then have to beat Kyler Murray and beat Matthew Stafford to get out of the West, but in addition to that, then you may end up facing Debo Samuel and the Green Bay Packers in the postseason. I don't know if you want to do that. And then Debo Samuel is probably going to want a contract extension. And how much money is that going to cost you? Now, he's only $4 million against the cap this year. But ultimately, how much is that going to cost you? Can the Packers afford him over time? However, on the positive side, of the dare to dream side, Packers are all in right now. You got a couple of years before you're going to have to kind of maybe start to rebuild things and scrap it, right? Just push your chips to the middle of the table. If you can get them, and he wants to come to Green Bay and play with Aaron Rodgers, go alongside Sammy Watkins, work with Randall Cobb, and whatever young receiver or two you bring into the system, so be it. Because it probably he probably looks at it and says, I think this might be a legitimate shot at getting a, to a Super Bowl. He doesn't have the same level of uh, defensive line play that they have out in San Francisco with Bosa and company. But you got a pretty good defense, a Hall of Fame quarterback that can only make your numbers go up, you would assume. Why not if you're Debo Samuel, right? So I think the outside in, the Jets have better uh, draft capital to make a deal, and they're in the AFC. I don't think he comes to the Lions. But I think the Jets have the most draft capital, the highest draft capital, to be able to spend on a guy like Debo Samuel. And it may make their team more dynamic almost right away, although it's still the Jets. But are the Packers a dark horse in this? Yes. Will I never say never? No, I'm I'm not saying never. I I said 95% of me says I don't think it happens. But the fan of me hopes like hell it happens. Just an FYI. So um, 
there's still talk out there. Maybe by Monday we turn it all around and we're talking about Debo Samuel being in green and gold. I don't think so, but I sure as hell can hope like the rest of you. Damn straight. 877-867-1670. And then it's thrown at me uh, a little earlier as uh, this long strand of who's been where and what in Philadelphia comes up where Delisandro's steak and beer hoagies suddenly pops up. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm going to the guy. So Ben Kenny, uh, Delisandro's not the place to go. Not the number one place, right? It's a place. It's a little bit outside the city. So for the suburban people, that's their go-to. And it makes them think that they know cheesesteaks. But it is not okay. close to the best. The best is? A place called Angelo's on 9th and Fitzwater downtown. Um, Angelo's. Wonderful pizza okay. as well. It's it's just the best establishment ever created. Okay. There's also See, a place I would, called, I would be- called Ishkabibbles, which is top Did, three. Now, I've heard of that. I've heard, but everybody usually goes to Geno's or Pat's. Those are the two touristy traps, right? Yeah, they're top 15, maybe. Yeah. I just, cannot stand cheese whiz on a, on a steak hoagie. Oh, cheese whiz is a scam. It is. Cheese whiz it's a lie. is one little molecule away from plastic. Right. It's, it's a lie. It's, it's terrible. Where, now, in Ohio, in Cincinnati, growing up, we had a place called Penn Station. That's where they chopped it all up and grilled it right in front of you. Uh, they they had the steak, they had uh, the mushrooms, the onions, and then they get it all fried up. And then what they do is they actually throw the cheese on top of it, and then take the bun, scoop it up, and then fold it into the bun. And then they put it through like a roasting oven, where it just rolls through there, heats it up, the bun gets crisp, and then poof, there you go. You wrap it up, and you go go. You're good to go. Get that thing with extra mayo. You're in. But no cheese mayo on that thing. Oh God, yeah. On a cheesesteak. Yeah. Oh, hell no. Mayo is good on everything. Uh, now, I like mayo. Some people don't. Then you can get banana peppers on that thing if you want to do that. You can go in that direction. You can throw jalapenos on it, but it, no, you go with banana peppers. I'm not a big banana pepper guy, but if you're going to go with something on a cheesesteak, you go with the banana peppers. You don't go with the jalapenos. Or you go with the melted mo- uh, pepper jack cheese. Then you spice it up a little bit. It's all, now you're getting kind of crazy. It's always provolone. Provolone? Yeah. It's That's what I usually provolone. do. That's what I usually do. I usually do provolone. They do three big circular cuts where they cut it right in front of you of provolone on the large Philly cheesesteak, and they just lay them on top of the meat, and within about 10 seconds, it's just a big glob of goo. And then they take the the big the big uh, spatula, they underneath there, and right under the bun. Then they take the bun, put it in this little this little metal tray, and then it goes through... Almost like the Burger King thing where it goes on that little grate that rolls through there. But it's just high heat, and it crisps up the, the, the long hoagie bun that it sits on. And then it comes out, and then you wrap it up, and you're good to go. Oh, it's so Man, good. why are we doing this? I want a cheesesteak so now. I know. Me too. So good. And, and I, you're not going to get a good one in, in Wisconsin. Love this town. Love this state. I love Wisconsin, but they don't have good cheesesteaks. I, I have not I found agree. one good one. Yeah. I mean, I would. the thing is, I, can, I think I can cook them pretty well. And a lot mm-hmm. of it is in the ingredients, but the difference is in the bread more than anything. Yes. There's, there's yes. one bakery company that delivers to every Philly deli every morning mm-hmm. and their bread is better than anything I've it's ever the, had. It's the bread. You are correct. And don't tell me if anybody calls me up and says, uh, subway, I, I, I literally then can go Tyson on you. I really, I'm allowed because <laughs> the closest thing to good bread would be like cousins. Cousins has good bread. They, they do it pretty well.
It's got to be a local it, deli. I don't yeah, know. It's, you're right. But I'm just talking when I go out and buy a sub somewhere, the only ones that have decent bread is Cousins. That's it. Cousins has decent bread. Now, local delis, yes, of course. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. But, but that's it. All right, that's it. We got uh, Brewers coming up tonight, Brewers and Bucks. Bucks, you got them in uh, game three, taking on the Bulls tonight. Hopefully the Bucks uh, are able to overcome the loss of Chris Middleton. In the meantime, fastball, Freddie Peralta, 0-1 in the 11.57 ERA, goes to the hill tonight, 6.05 Central Time in Philadelphia. Ranger Suarez, 1-0, 5.87 ERA on the hill tonight for the Philadelphia Phillies. There you have it. By the way, for the rest of the series, Adrian Hauser throws on Saturday. And then on Sunday, you've got Eric Lauer back on the bump. Not a bad way to go. That'll do it. Good stuff this week. Stay tuned. If anything breaks or happens, we'll jump back on. And don't forget, you can find all the Bill Michael Show podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and over there on Google Podcast as well. And uh, don't forget, uh, Ben Kenny's going to be hosting on Monday. I'm going to be traveling, but uh, I'll, I'll keep in touch for sure. Time for us to go. Have a going. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.